Hi, everyone. This is Jennifer. Welcome to the Corporate Flight Attendant Podcast. I was a corporate flight attendant for six years, and I tell you the brutal, honest truth of this industry. So far, I've given you 71 episodes and over three years of free content. So please support this podcast by purchasing my CFA ebook. And if you enjoy it, please give me the best rating that you see fit on Amazon. Also, give me a five-star rating wherever you listen and a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Grab your partner's or children's phones and listen to a second of the episode and click on five stars. This is the easiest way to help me. And also remember to hit the follow button so new apps pop up on your podcast player automatically. So in episode 69, I discussed burnout and when to quit an account because the burnout is too much. It's just ruining your life. It's destroying your mental health and it's just not worth it. Today, we are discussing what if you are burned out, but you do want to keep the job. You're at the tipping point, you know, that straw is about to break on that camel's back or whatever the expression is, but you feel you can talk with your direct supervisor or human resources to make positive changes. I've said this many times to you guys, this is definitely a disclaimer. Let's say it's an account where it's the chief pilot or the director of aviation is the human resources and they're not listening to you. You have to leave. There's nowhere else you can go because you can't go above their heads. So then you know it's time to move on. Today is not that situation. Today is when we're trying to work with our supervisor and save the job or save the job in a way that you can work there and be happy. If it's an issue specifically with the owner and it is a corporation and you're trying to go to HR about the owner of the corporation who is HR's boss, good luck. (laughs) Again, leave. And I think in that situation, if you tried to persist and go to HR about their boss, they would find a way to fire you. Trust me, they can always find a way to fire you. I mean, not saying you can't have legal recourse after getting fired, but they can come up with reasons and set you up. So it's best to just let that go. But if you feel you can talk with the lead flight attendant, if there is more than one FA, the cabin service manager, the chief pilot, or the director of aviation, whoever is your direct supervisor, do that. Do not go above their heads. Talk with the direct supervisor first. Now I'm talking about these full-time positions, right? And you never want to start by, let's say your direct supervisor is the chief pilot, which most of the time it will be. You don't want to start above his head with the director of aviation, with HR. If you feel you have a good relationship, go to that person first. Now, the first thing you need to do is you need to show evidence. You can't just say, I'm burned out because everyone on that account may be burned out. They may be in the same position as you. So you have to show that you've been working, for example, 25 days a month for the last four months with 24 overnights. If that's not what you signed up for, if you were promised 14 days a month, and then you can have a contractor, or then you can be paid a daily rate if you go over 14 days, 
you have to show that too. If you were promised again, for example, 10 hard days a month, meaning 10 definite days off and you're not getting them, then you have to produce evidence of that as well. So you really never want to go into a meeting with your supervisor without supporting evidence. It is absolutely crucial because to them, everything else is hearsay. And let's say you go to the lead flight attendant who's your supervisor. Well, they're going to have to take that evidence to their direct supervisor, which is most likely the chief pilot and or the director of aviation. And there's one more crucial thing you have to do, but let's discuss that later. At the start of the job, if you've received all of these promises of working so many days a month, hard days off, etc., then you need to go back to your initial interview. What were you promised in that initial interview and did you get it in writing? You guys, this is the most crucial thing nowadays. You cannot just have an interview if you are an experienced flight attendant, especially, and just wing it and say, oh, okay, I think that's what they promised. We kind of talked about that. Absolutely not. Now, you guys know that if you're starting out, you're a new flight attendant, you're going to have to work your ass off. You're going to have to pay your dues. That's just how it is. But if you're more experienced, then you need to make sure that you are showing up with the proper boundaries in that initial interview. And those proper boundaries better be in writing. This is key. Why? Because word of mouth won't cut it. Here's why. You're screwed if you rely on word of mouth because the management can change at any time. Your bosses can be fired at any time. You can have the best relationship with your cabin service manager, your chief pilot, director of aviation, and guess what happens? They're let go or they leave the account. And if you don't have any promises in writing for your new supervisor, you're fucked. So here's a great tip. After your initial interview, email the interviewer and if there's a human resources, CCHR and say, Thank you so much for our meeting today. Here is what we discussed in the meeting and then list the bullet points. This covers your ass and also looks polite. So obviously you want everything you can in contract form, but if it's just something that where you feel, okay, we can't go hard, hardcore contract right now, then this is a good way to be, I guess, more gentle but also get your point across and also look professional and polite. And I think it also shows that you're not someone who can be pushed around. And they should know that upfront. If they want that FA that is going to cower to them and they can push you around easily, then they'll know from the start that you're not that person and you will never be that person. And I think that's a good thing. Obviously, you want to come across as easy to work with and polite and all that, but you also want to come across as someone who's professional enough to know your boundaries and also to keep to them. Back to burnout. When approaching a manager, come with your supporting evidence, but also here's the second crucial step. If you can, come with a solution or solutions. Ask anyone in management. They 
love when their employees provide a solution. It just makes their life easier. Then they don't have to go to this whole negotiating phase. It helps them. For example, in writing, if it was promised to you that you will work 15 days a month, then on day 16, you can bring in coverage, i.e. a contract FA. So let's say for the past six months, you've been working 17 days per month because the owner has been extending his trips without prior warning. That happens, guys. That absolutely happens. Then you could say, here is what was promised to me in writing. I work 15 days a month, and then I have the option of getting a contractor. I'd like to have a contractor ready to go for the 16th day, just in case, and I'd like to put a contractor on retainer for days 16 and 17, since this is the owner's new pattern. Now, being on retainer means that contract FA is going to be paid whether or not they fly. And you can obviously amend this, edit this, however you see fit, but this is just an example. It's simple. It's something that I don't think costs the company a ton of money. I don't think you're asking for anything crazy. I don't think they should be shocked by it. I think it's actually very reasonable. Um, Some flight attendants may ask for okay, I like to switch on the night of day 15. So there can be a little overlap. So maybe that contractor comes in and flies into Europe or something on day 15 in the afternoon and you have a night flight back home. Something like that where there's some overlap. You could do that and discuss that as well. But whatever you decide, you have to realize They may not say, oh, okay, that's great. That's a great solution. There may be more of a compromise behind it because they may say to you, well, all of us are getting screwed. You know, this is a surprise for all of us. This owner extending his trips when this is just new. He never used to do that. We all have to readjust. And when we wrote that to you, that was something where we had shown you a pattern of a set schedule and now he's doing something completely different. So you may get that pushback a little bit, but that's when you have to go and negotiate and compromise and see what works for you. And if I had a, let's say, chief pilot say that to me, say, well, this is, you know, this is a problem for all of us and we're all having to adjust to his new pattern and we just have to mentally prepare for it and prepare for it in our schedule. But let's say for me, if it's more important to have the days off and I know mentally I'm not going to provide as good of a service if I know that, oh my gosh, now we're extending to day 16, 17, and then the owner keeps doing it even worse. Now we're extending to day 18, to day 19, which I have a feeling if this owner keeps extending, they would keep doing that because they have no problem with totally blurring boundaries for the entire crew, and that's not a good thing. Then I would go into more of a negotiation discussion. If I like the job, if I want to keep the job, I think the big part of it for me is, are you still happy with the job? If you're still pretty much happy with the job, it's just these two days or these two extra days that are killing you a month. And for you, it's not enough to mentally prepare for this. This is something that you 
were promised in your initial interview. It's not happening. It's not making you happy. You definitely want off 15 days a month for whatever reasons, then I would definitely negotiate for that, fight for that, see what you can do. Maybe you can say, okay, I'll work 16 days and I have to be paid for that 16th day. And then on the 17th, we have to have a contractor come in. I don't know. Whatever you think in that situation works best. The thing that you have to remember is you have to maintain boundaries. I'm going to say that again. You have to maintain boundaries because this is so important, you guys. In corporate aviation, any type of management company will run you into the ground and most of them have no problem doing so. Keep in mind who they work for. They work for these owners who are hedge fund managers, who are, uh, let's just say, stockbrokers, Wall Street people, financial people, who all they do is work themselves into the ground. And they don't understand corporate aviation. So if you say to them, hey, I've worked 15 days a month, they'll look at you and say, screw you. I work 24 seven and that's not what you signed up for and you don't want to live their life, but that's their mindset is they work all day, every day. So that's why these management companies are like this because they have owners who they have to cater to who have that unfortunate mindset and then they unfortunately absorb that mindset and then they end up treating their employees the same way. So this could fall on to you. Also, I think a major issue is most CFAs are female. And this is a sexist industry. I've said it many times. If the CFAs were mostly male, this attitude, I'm telling you right now, would not persist. The management companies bank on the fact that most women are taught to be nice and understanding when in reality, it actually means you burning out to the point that you leave the industry for good and you never want to get to that point. And I've seen this happen many times. So we have to walk this line, obviously being professional, easy to work with, having that reputation, but also making sure that we're professional enough to ourselves and we're good enough to ourselves that we maintain these boundaries so we do not burn out. As a full-time FA, you have to find balance and somehow learn to shut off your brain when you're not working. And this is tough. Often it's the toughest part of the job. I was retained for two weeks as a full-timer. So I was a (laughs) full-time flight attendant for two weeks of my whole career. And I could not shut off my brain. I was thinking about the account the entire time. Now, I remember that I flew every single day, unfortunately, (laughs) because most of the time when you're retained, especially for that long, maybe you'll fly half the time, maybe you'll fly a few days, maybe you'll fly, I don't know, 10 days. But for those 14 days, I don't know why I remember this, but I think I flew 13 of the 14 days. So I think that's another reason I was constantly on the road. But for that one day, I just couldn't shut my brain off. And I know it's only one day, but it's really hard to do. And it's a skill that most people have to figure out and they have to manage because that could be meditation for you. That could be just having literally a different phone 
where this is your work phone and once you step in your car, you shut it off and you do not turn it on until you come back to work. It could be something like that. Sorry about that, guys. That was my dog growling. (laughs) I find that many FAs are unfortunately still competitive with one another and extreme perfectionists. We've got to cut this shit out as women. It's not helping the industry. It doesn't add anything. It doesn't do anything. It just puts this fear scarcity mindset out there, which again, I hate to say it like this, and I love men and I'm all about men and the whole thing, but I think the men in the industry don't help with that sometimes because they put you in this competitive role and then it's just unfortunately a cancer throughout the industry. I have a really good example of this. I was at training and I did this account where the guy was abusive. I've talked about this account a few times and he was mentally and verbally abusive. The charter customer who was a frequent charter customer in training, I had met this woman who went on something like a two week trip with this guy And I had said how bad he was. I was telling a group of people and she said, oh, wait, do you mean this guy? And I said, oh, yeah, this guy. And she just got really weird and competitive with me. And she said, oh, I went on a two week trip with him and he was horrible and telling me about all the telling all of us about all the abuse and all the verbal, emotional, mental abuse. And she's like, I didn't cry once, blah, blah, blah. And I looked at her and I said, I didn't cry either. I'm not saying I cried, but I'm saying that's wrong. And she almost looked at me as I'm so weak. But you have to look at her mindset and how fucked up it is. She was basically bragging about how strong she was against verbal, emotional, and mental abuse. She was proud of that. We should be proud of that as women. I don't think so. <laughs> you know, that's that's not a good thing. So that's why when you guys meet each other in training, when you, I don't know, meet each other on Facebook or whatever, try to be as supportive as possible because that will remove this pervasive mindset of competition and scarcity in this industry. I think once we band together and show, hey, I have boundaries and then the next person has boundaries and you can't treat us like this. I think that's when the industry will change. Many full-time FAs burn out and they move to contracting, understandably so. That's a good compromise. I've seen people do that many times where they're much happier as a contractor. Others leave the industry altogether. Again, for some people, they're at the end of their rope and that's it. Totally understand. If you are a contractor, my best advice to you is if you're experiencing burnout, it's very simple. Stop flying for a while. Take a break. This is why I say all the time, I preach, I preach. If you're a contractor, have another job you can fall back on. So it's much easier for a contractor because you can just say, no, you will get trips again. It's going to be okay. You have to put your mental health first or you have nothing. I have learned this in my life. I can tell you that if you're losing your mind, it's just not worth the experience. It's not worth the job and health is always first. Like I said, try talking with your supervisor first and see how they respond. If they work with you and you come to a good compromise or they honor what you promised, great. If they say to you, well, this is a job and we're all burned out, so deal with it, 
you may want to listen to episode 69 and know that it's probably the time, kids, to get the fuck out of there. Because guys, if they don't care about you now, I guarantee you it's only going to get worse. Learn to love boundaries. For the next episode, we have a great interview with a hospitality expert and author of an Amazon best-selling culinary memoir. That episode drops on Friday, December 15th, 2023. Until then, happy flying.